Hi, I'm Kate Spina. This is Toward Light, Practical Buddhism for the Modern World. Each week, I explore ways to apply these timeless teachings to our daily life. Hello, and welcome to Episode 2 of Season 3 of the Toward Light Podcast. Today, I want to talk about the first noble truth, this truth of dukkha, but specifically about how we can create dukkha through a lack of acceptance. Dukkha, difficulty, suffering, stress, however you want to translate it, is often comes up because we're not accepting what is. We often don't recognize that that's the problem, though. We don't see the lack of acceptance. We don't see the resistance to whatever is actually happening. So in this episode, I want to look at some ways that we may be blind to our lack of acceptance, ways that we can learn to accept our present moment experience, and then what we can do from there. Now, I want to be really clear, just because we accept that something is happening does not mean that we are condoning it or that we agree with it. So an example would be if you're in an abusive relationship and you're able to see that that's happening, you're not saying that that's okay. But the first step to making any sort of change is to first be accepting, to say, okay, this is what's happening. We can't take positive action or change things without first clearly seeing what is happening, without first clearly knowing our experience. We don't do this perfectly, and we can get stuck in this abstract idea of, oh, I just need to let go of things, or oh, I need to be more accepting, or oh, I need to be freer, or whatever. And so today, I want us to get a little bit more specific. You know, we can talk about dukkha as this First noble truth is truth of difficulty in life that encompasses all sorts of different things. And today I want to get really specific. Okay, how are we creating dukkha for ourselves when we're not accepting our present moment experience? I want you to think about something that's going on in your life where maybe you're feeling some helplessness or some resistance or some repeated stress. And as I go through all these different examples, you can sort of see, oh, is there something in here that I'm not accepting? Is there something in here that I'm not owning? Is there something in here that I'm not seeing as the truth? I've really seen recently for me that when I'm feeling hopeless, there is a lack of truly seeing what's going on. Hopelessness is like a broad brush. I'm like, oh, I'm hopeless. But then if I look at the different aspects of my life, I can see, oh, what am I actually pushing against? Or what am I not accepting? Or what am I not letting in so that I continue this feeling of hopelessness? I'm going to talk about lack of acceptance in three ways, internally, interpersonally, and globally. While these specific examples may not totally resonate for you, see what you can resonate with. See what makes sense to you. So internally, many of us, due to causes and conditions, have an internal critic. And so we may be trying to do something new and it feels 
extra hard or hopeless or like we're never going to get better. If we don't know that there's an internal critic inside, if we don't accept that we have this critical voice, then we can't do anything different. We just get stuck in the process. But if we know, oh, that's just my inner critic, we can put that to the side and keep growing. We can put that to the side and not let it get in the way of whatever we're trying to do. But we have to know that. All of this, everything that I'm talking about, this is where mindfulness is so important because the more we practice, the more that we get to see these different parts of ourselves. And we can see, okay, that's just the internal critic. You might notice that that voice sounds different than your normal voice or the speed of it or the feeling of it. And so when you're, you know, for me, it's always when I'm trying something new, I can get really critical and I can just say, oh, that's my inner critic. I'm going to keep doing this thing. And I might have to revisit that a million times. But by having some acceptance, by truly seeing that this is what's happening, it allows me to grow. Another internal process that may come up is comparing. The Pali word is mana, thinking that we're less than others or equal to or greater than. Any comparison is considered a hindrance, is considered a defilement. And so if we walk into a room for a job interview, and we start comparing ourselves to what everybody else is wearing, and we're thinking about, oh, like we're gonna, we don't look as good as them or whatever, we're already setting ourselves up for failure, or we're already creating duco, we're already creating a barrier by being caught in that comparing. But if we walk into that room, and we see we're comparing, we'd go, oh, that's just the comparing mind. That's just that part of ourselves then we can let that go and we can go into the interview with confidence. Another internal process we may go through is we might judge others. I think about this a lot with my neighbors who parent their children differently than I would. Now, let's be clear, I don't have children, so I don't know how I would parent, right? So when I notice myself judging them, when I notice myself saying, I can't believe they're letting their kids play soccer at 10 o'clock at night out on the street, I notice that that's a judgment. I don't know their life. I don't know their decision making. I don't understand them. I'm not in their skin, right? So when I say, okay, well, that's just judgment, then I can look at what's really the issue. Oh, I'm annoyed with the noise. Oh, I'm trying to go to sleep, you know. Oh, what can I do to block out the noise or to help me go to sleep? But if I just get stuck in that story of judgment, I can just spin. So I have to accept that, oh, that's my judging mind. And then I can make a different decision. Okay, interpersonally. Some ways that lack of acceptance can show up interpersonally. Let's say we get ghosted. We're writing back and forth with someone on a dating app, and then they just stop responding. Now, lack of acceptance would be to keep hitting them up, keep writing them, keep hoping that they're going to somehow see your response and decide to reconnect. Wasting time, wasting energy on a person who's clearly disengaged. Or you can say, oh, that person is not interested. Step back. 
but we have to accept that that's happening. Or maybe you have a friend and every time you meet up, they're always late and you keep showing up on time and being mad that they don't show up on time. That doesn't work, right? <laughs> like you can tell that person once or maybe twice, hey, it's frustrating when I have to wait or hey, could you text me if you're going to be late? But then if you accept that this person is always running a little bit late, then you just plan, oh, I'm going to bring my book with me. Or, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to rush to get there. Another way that interpersonally we can create difficulty for ourselves is that we can want somebody to read our mind. So in like an intimate partnership, we may do certain things in the relationship or for the relationship. And then when we're sick, say, we expect that the other person's going to pick up the slack, but we don't tell them what we want them to do. So they don't do it. And then we get upset. And we need to accept that we can't read each other's minds. I don't know what's happening in your mind. You don't know what's happening in my mind. I have to accept that I need to ask for what I need. I also need to accept that that need is not always going to get met. But if I keep thinking that this person, this other person is going to be thinking like me or acting like me or behaving like me, it's it's not going to work. I need to accept that we're different. I need to accept that we have different strengths and weaknesses. I need to accept that I need to ask for help. And this final category where we can create dukkha for ourselves is around these more global, external, capital D dukkha sufferings in the world. Again, we're not saying that these things are okay, but we're accepting that they're happening. So some examples, you vote for a politician, and then they do not live up to their campaign promises. And you get really upset and really down and kind of lost and don't know what to do. So there needs to be an acceptance around, oh, like the reason this happened, the reason this person got elected is because of the way our government works, because of lobbying and business influences because of the two-party system, because of the shift of conservatism, whatever the things are, but you need to accept those things as happening. And then you can make a difference, right? You say, oh, like I'm noticing that I wasn't seeing how much of an influence X type of business had on this candidate. Then you can support the lobbying group that is on the other side of things, or you can write to the politician, or you can vote based on that in the future. But just staying stuck in the like, ugh, they didn't do what I wanted without accepting the reality, it's not very useful. It's not forward leading. Another example is poverty. Let's say specifically poverty in the US. So you see it you notice this disparity and you don't know what to do about it. And you sort of just feel hopeless and feel like this is never going to change. So we need to accept that poverty is happening because of what? What is leading to this? Oh, capitalism. Oh, racism. Oh, xenophobia. We can start to pick it apart and rather than think about 
poverty is this one big thing, we could say, oh, well, you know, there is this crisis with the lack of rural health care. Oh, and there are these areas that are food deserts where there's no grocery store. How can I help in those ways? Find whatever sparks interest for you, right? But you need to own first that poverty is happening. Or war, right? War is dukkha, 100%. But we make it more dukkha for ourselves when we pretend it doesn't exist, when we don't look at the causes and conditions that led to war. We don't look at, oh, the militarization of this world, or, oh, these people are fighting based on entrenched beliefs, or, oh, there's this resource hoarding scarcity mindset. And so the more that we, again, the more that we take that apart, the more we can look at, okay, well, what can I do? Maybe it's giving money to the Red Cross. Maybe it's writing to politicians about, hey, why are you giving this Afghan money away and not putting it back in Afghanistan? Whatever the thing is, you can't do anything about it if you don't own that it's happening whether it's internally, interpersonally, or globally, when we notice that we're stuck, when we notice this feeling of helplessness or like an overwhelm or this stagnation, then it's a good time to ask, what am I not accepting? What am I not owning right now? What am I not seeing as true? What am I not seeing that's happening? Can I get curious? Dhammavichaya investigation. This is a key aspect of our practice. Can I get interested in what's leading to this? Why I'm not accepting this? What's getting in my way of seeing this more clearly? What work I need to do around this? What I could do to help? Getting interested, being truly curious. Oh, I'm stuck. Why am I stuck? Oh, because I'm not accepting the fact that I'm sick. So I'm expecting myself to do more than I can do. Oh, okay. So what can you do? Oh, well, I can take my medicine. I can take a nap. Oh, I can drink more fluids. Okay, cool. And then other things open up because we're owning what is. Thank you for listening. Please check out any links in the show notes. You can find me on my website, towardlight.net or on Instagram at TowardLight108.